Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Summer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I was chatting with Shelly Kapler about healing from the inside out. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Also, don't forget to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Shelly Kapler, and Shelly is the owner of Vitality Optimizer and creator of the Kapler Method. This method works to break the symptomatic cycle of chronic illness and brain injuries. Her favorite seasons are summer, golf, and football. Welcome to the podcast, Shelly. So thrilled to have you here today. Good morning, Amy. I'm excited as well. So, Shelly, I would love for you to just start with sharing with our listeners your story. You yourself are a brain injury survivor, um, and share with us you know, what that journey has looked like for you. So four years ago, back in March, I think it was 25th or 26th, the day I still get mixed up, um, I was hit by a drunk driver. I was Ubering at the time to use it as a networking facility and to earn some supplemental income just to meet people and never liked to drive at night. So I stopped my day between 7, 7.30 p.m., because I didn't want to be out late and was hit by a drunk driver who failed to stop for a stop sign. Um, the force of the impact, I felt that my ear hit my right shoulder. She spun me through two lanes of traffic, and I ended up on a wall of Interstate 35 here in Austin, Texas. Um, going back and look at it, looking at it you know, months later, it's a pretty steep wall. Um, I actually Ubered home um, the night of the accident because EMS did not show up to the accident, only fire and police. And because I could articulate medically, you know, asking what the protocol would be at the hospital, it's just like, oh, they're probably just going to do, you know, um, give me muscle relaxants, painkillers, and um, anti-inflammatories, and then send me on my way. 
And the firefighter that night said, you're probably right. I think you're fine. So fast forward to feeling, you know, pressure on my brain, go to see a neurologist. And he says, given what you do, we're not going to do surgery. I also had four bulging discs in my neck, C3, 4, 5, and 6. They went 3 millimeters, 4 millimeters, and both at 5 millimeters, and two in my low back, L4 and L5, at 3 millimeters. Most neurologists, anything 3 millimeters and above, they will do surgery. Um, So had, you know, classic migraines after the accident. I was sleeping 17 to 20 hours um, a day for the first three and a half months. My dog thought she won the lottery because I basically slept as much as she did. Um, (laughs) It was very sound sensitive, light sensitive, um, couldn't go see movies, Um, started working on myself, so put my Kapler method to the true test. And um, for me, it took longer to heal from the accident because I was still treating patients at the same time. So I kind of fell at the bottom of the list of my day instead of at the top priority like right. patients are. So um, as of October 18th of last year, my brain is completely healed. I no longer have bulging discs in my neck or my low back. Um, I've started back running because I was an avid runner prior to the accident. I was training people to run half and full marathons, and I was also prepping to enter a fitness competition. So that, in you know, a nutshell, is my mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And did I mean were you ever told you had a brain injury by yes, a, by a physician? Yeah. Okay. So they did. My neurologist least. said, yeah, yeah, because I know it's often missed with car accidents, um, or they might say, you know. Um, yeah, you, you have a concussion, you know, just keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And nobody right. knows what that means, <laughs> you know. So exactly. I'm glad you at least got some inkling, although, you know, a little bit later it wasn't the day of the accident or anything. Um, no. But, yeah, you know, it's it's always um, just so fascinating what doctors do and don't tell us and how they choose to treat us. And I, th- I think it's fascinating. It all just depends on the doctor you get too. you know, like that's, that's True. the hardest part. There's no consistency in the mainstream medical world. Um, absolutely no consistency. Like I said, some people, they don't even mention concussion and, you know, if they do, I mean, when you really think about it, okay, you're in the ER cause you were just in a car accident and they tell you, Oh, you might have a concussion, keep an eye on it. I mean, the odds that you have a concussion after a car accident are like 99.9%. Um, and so to tell you, you know, oh, keep an eye on it. Well, what does that mean? And you're probably not even going to remember that conversation when you get home. Um, you know, it's like asking the athlete, are you okay? You know, like they think they're fine. You know, the person who's concussed cannot be making the decision. So, yeah, exactly. it's always so so interesting. Um, and plus so people's Shelley, perception of pain. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I said people's perception of pain is so, you know, and what they're going through is so completely different than, you know, what 
most physicians have learned way back in college for, Mm -hmm. you know, what a concussion looks like or, you know, what pain looks like. There's so many varying different degrees and each individual have their own perceptions of what they're going through and what they feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're in the emergency room, like the day of an injury or even like in the couple days following, um, you know, your adrenaline's kicked in. Your pain might not be. I remember the day I fell, I went to my chiropractor immediately and, you know, he told me I had torn muscles and all this other stuff going on in my neck. And I was like, really? I don't feel anything. I feel fine. And Mm -hmm. it was like two days later, I felt like I got hit by a truck. Um, So that pain isn't always present immediately. No, it takes 24 to 48 hours for the body actually to register pain after (laughs) a significant accident or injury. And, you know, and it's just, Truly, right. You're right because that high rush of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's definitely injuries where you're in excruciating pain right away. But a lot of that whiplash and neck and back stuff isn't always, you know, apparent in the immediate aftermath of an accident. So, no. um, and the you know, my and, ac- sorry. Go ahead. The night of my accident, the only thing I remember is I kept repeating. You know, just like they asked, do you have any pain anywhere? Just like I have pain at AO to C2 and uh, my head hurts. That's the two things that I could, or three things I could keep repeating, which is evident of a brain injury when there's that repetition. Um, mm-hmm. And they palpated and he's like, does this hurt? And I'm like, no, my pain is C2 to AO and my head hurts. That's, that's the only place where I feel pain. So, yeah, and and you know, to be fair, an emergency room, they just their job is to make sure you're not dying, and you know, right. to, to fix you up and send you home. Um, you know, and and so to some degree, I understand why a lot of things are missed in the ER. I've had my own ER experiences with other other things going on, um, and I mean, I just like chuckle. It's like yep, we're going to get you out of here in about an hour. And it's like, "Hmm, all right. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, um, that's just, that's their job. That's, that's the whole point of ER. And, um, you know, a lot of things do get missed. And um, I I was recently in the ER with some heart, heart stuff going on. And I will say, so she was a DO, not an MD. And so they Mm -hmm. tend to lean a little more holistic. Um, And she did come in the room and she's like, you know, I'm your ER doctor and my job is just to get you out of here and tell you you're fine. But if you were my patient, um, I would definitely make sure you came in and got a full, complete heart workup done. So I really would like you to do that when you get home. And um, most ER doctors won't do that. So I thought that was really um, impressive of her that she took that time to say that to me. Um, but that's not always the case in an ER. And um, no offense to ER doctors. I get it. Your job is to patch us up and send us home and save our lives. Um, right. So you had a lot of neck injuries and low back injuries going on. Um, you know, mine was similar. I had a lot of uh Mine was C3, 4, and 5. I had bulging discs. Okay. Um, you know, and 
you know, what, what was, so you you kind of mentioned how you put your own health last, you know, your focus mm-hmm. was on your, was on your patients and getting them better. Um, and that's so common of all of us, you know, and I think of single moms who, you know, have a brain injury and they have to take care of their family first. Um, you know, so what, what was that journey? How long ago was your accident again? It was in 2016, so four years ago, just over four, four years. years ago, so March, yeah. March of 2016. Um, so, you know, what did that look like, you know, going back to work and, and kind of forcing yourself to get through your days? It's kind of like there's this separate reserve somewhere in the body. I haven't discovered where it is, but I'm sure <laughs> it's probably in a different area for everybody. And it's like that area open and you, it's like a external battery pack. You have so much, you know, power usage to use from that resource center to be able to get you through what you need to get through. And then you come home and you just crash. You know, I remember days where it's just like, if I didn't have a patient scheduled, I may only have enough energy to get out of bed and brush my teeth and walk my dog and come back and go to sleep. You know, I knew it was a good day if, you know, I could shower. Um, if it was to see a patient, I knew when I was reaching my end of that external energy because there was that internal countdown. It's just like, okay, I only have four more lights to go through before I can get home. And then it would be I only have three more lights before I can get home. And um, curbside pickup, when they first launched it, became my best friend because I did not have the energy to even think about having to go through a grocery store. Plus the lights, the colors of all the labels and the, you know, all the people, all that external stimulation would just send me into a tailspin. And even just a simple grocery store run would cause, you know, a week to two weeks of a setback where I wasn't able to do anything. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for that reserve tank that I had where I could go see a patient in a day. And that's all I could do was to see one patient, but I had to spread everybody out further. Um, And so on your your journey, what what did you – what was your routine? What was your self-care routine? Or, you know, when did you find that? Um, I found it probably once I was able to stay, let's see, I would say probably six months after the car accident. That's when I was able to implement more of a, or start to implement more of a structured, you know, routine to take care of myself and to start that more serious healing approach um, as opposed to just hit or miss in that first six months. And um, it would be when I would get home after seeing a patient, I knew that I could take my dog for her walk to go pee, come home, have a nap, and then start working on myself. So I had built up that energy reserve. Um, And then you know, I was going to bed at like six, seven o'clock in the evening. So kind of like what my grandmother used to do. 
And um, then as I got stronger, I would fit my self-care in and the healing either in the morning to be able to boost up more energy resources so I could make it further throughout the day. And then I would do it again after I got home. So I, I got to the point where I was working on myself twice a day. Um, patients, I never work that, that much. It's at most um, twice a week for anything acute. But um, usually once a week is what my average patient um, is when I see them. So for me, I had to be twice a day. And what did your self, self-care routine look like? What were you doing? Well, there's definitely no exercise, that's for sure, because I did try being an athlete before the accident. It was just like, I need to get back running as soon as possible. I need to get back in the gym as soon as possible because of that routine that I had instilled so many years prior. Um, I did try. And it was disastrous every time I tried. And it would cause a three-month or longer setback. Yeah. So I learned that I had to focus more on um, gentle and subtle. So incorporated a lot more meditation um, and started meditating twice a day, um, along with working on myself twice a day with my Kapler method. And... um, as far as, you know, I always ate pretty healthy, so I didn't have to, you know, worry about changing diet. The one thing I did notice, it was sugar. If I had sugar, it would um, send my tremor that I had on my right side and my right hand into, like, hyperdrive. So, um where if I tried to draw on, draw on my eyebrows in the day, they would sometimes look like Flash Gordon lightning bolts. Um, <laughs> and then I'd have to start over. So <laughs> I quickly learned that sugar was not my friend, not that it should be your friend on a good day, but it was definitely not my friend after the, after the car accident. So I've been able to eliminate all sugar or processed sugar, I should say. Oh, still mm-hmm. do honey. So, so did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So okay. you, you know, you, prior to your accident, you um, were an athlete. And, you know, this is a common concern I hear a lot. Like, athletes want to get back to doing what they were doing. That's just yeah. their nature, right? Like, if you were a football player, you want to get back on the field. If you were a marathon runner, you want to get back to running. And often... Um, especially in those first like six months after an injury, it can be really, really challenging to get back to those things. Like, like you said, there was no way you tried, but there was no way it would send mm-hmm. you in a tailspin. Um, and that's super frustrating, but it's also really important to understand you can't just power through it. Like, like, um, you know, a sprained ankle, you can try and power through it a little bit. Um, but a brain injury is a lot different. There's a whole lot of mechanisms that aren't working and communicating, you know, your eyes aren't tracking properly. So, you know, running and bouncing those eyes up and down, you know, isn't helpful. It's not, you know, it's sending you backwards in your recovery. Um, you know, so what advice do you have for athletes? And, you know, they're frustrated, but, I mean, 
like what are some alternate things you can try? Like for me, I'm by no means an athlete and I won't even attempt to claim I was an athlete. Um, but for me, it was yoga, just very, very simple, basic poses. Like I had to do things sitting cause standing, I would fall over. Um, mm-hmm. but there's always things you can find in yoga and meditation. Um, but you know, what, what is some advice you would have for someone listening? Um, definitely listen to your body because the signs and symptoms are always going to be there. Like with the lightheadedness, the dizziness, the Mm -hmm. headache, the feeling off balance. And, you know, you have to look at it. Like our brain, even though it's the control center of the whole entire body is the most fragile organ. That's why it's contained within a really, you know, thick skull and hard headed, um, you know, hard bones. So, you know, if you look at a jello mold that you go by in the store and it's plastic container and you slam that onto the floor, it's no longer a solid jello mold. It becomes, you know, displaced and broken up. And that's basically what your brain does for a traumatic brain injury or like with football players with, you know, consecutive concussions, um, And I recently researched the average football player graduating high school. They start at age, typically start at age five playing football. will have 13 years of concussions on either the micro level all the way up to the severe level, not even including, you know, once they get drafted to the NFL. Sorry, that was a squirrel moment. But, um, you know, you just really have to listen to your body. And as frustrating as it is that you want to get back working out, you have to work within your own limitations and what your body's telling you you can do because you can't go back to where you were pre-accident. You have to slowly build up because you literally went back to square one, depending on the severity of the head injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I see this a lot, especially with runners. There's something with running. And like I said, that, that motion of up and down with your eyes, um, it keeps sending them backwards, but they keep trying to power through it. Um, and you really do. You have to listen to your body. Your body is saying there's something else wrong, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's super frustrating, but, you know, that's, that's why you need to try and find a provider that, you know, like functional neurology or, you know, you got to look outside the traditional box to find help. Um, and it, the traditional healthcare system doesn't understand how to help us. And there's that fine no. line between, you know, um, you still have to get some activity in your day, right? Like I don't want people to think right. it's just go sit on the couch for six months. Cause that's not helpful either. Um, so you do have to find that fine line, but maybe you're not able to run, but now you just got to go for a walk. And maybe that walk, maybe you used to run five miles a day, but that walk is now only two blocks, you know, And Mm -hmm. it's frustrating, but you do, you really have to listen to your body and what your body's telling you because your body knows everything that your body knows how to heal itself and it knows what you need to do, but you have to be willing to listen to your body. Right. So Shelly, what was it for you that finally 
um, helped you break through that? What, what was it that finally got you to feeling better? It was my Kapler method. Um, my Kapler method that was Western medicine was failing me. You know, my answer, the answer my neurologist had to my sleeping all the time was here, I'm going to give you Adderall and which was not a good combination whatsoever. Um, I don't do, I don't take a lot of Western medicine to begin with and have always leaned more on the holistic side so I was like, okay, so you're telling me that I won't have to sleep 17 hours a day and could go back to normal. Okay, I'll try it. And my body was working at 100 miles an hour, what it felt like. And my brain was still that tortoise back on the start line working mm-hmm. very slowly. So it was like this strange disconnect between the two. Um, so focus completely on Kapler method. Um, I did do also um, some hormone replacement therapy. So I did start taking um, DHEA and um, ashwandanga root. And I also started taking, I beefed up my magnesium a little bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. And um that was basically it. That's the only thing that I added extra in was the mm-hmm. supplements besides Kapler method and found that that was way more effective. Um, I only took Adderall for, I think, three months because I couldn't handle it and then just stopped. Yeah. They they wanted to give me Ritalin, which basically is the same Ooh. thing. Um, same thing. And, and I was like, how's this going to help my brain injury? <laughs> like, no. Um, and, you know, when you're sleeping, because I was sleeping like 16 hours a day, but honestly, that's what your body needs. That was, Your brain, your body heals when you sleep, right? right. Um, so I just find it, I mean, I get it that we complain that we're sleeping all the time because, like, we need to get things done, right? We can't do things right. when we're sleeping. Yeah, um, but as a doctor, like to be like, here, here's some stimulants to keep you up. And like you said, there's that disconnect because it's your brain that's wanting to sleep, you know? And so your mm-hmm. body is like, okay, I can do this stuff. But your brain is still like walking through molasses. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So it's so frustrating, but the, the hormone the hormone component is also really huge, especially for women, but also men, you know, men are often overlooked with that. Um, But your hormones can get so out of whack after a brain injury. Um, And that's, that's a very huge part um, of the puzzle and it's very missed. And, you know, my doctor, cause I I kept saying there's something going on with my hormones, like my period changed after Mm -hmm. like, 30 years of being normal, it suddenly was different. Like, you can't tell me that's not related. Um, And basically all they do is check your thyroid and your thyroid isn't necessarily going to show anything, right? Like you got to look at the bigger picture. And um, for me, that was finding an alternative provider, right? That, that did look Mm -hmm. at the full, the full hormone workup. So um, I'm glad you brought up the hormones because that is a really big part of the puzzle as well. Well, um, I think because so, also Western medicine typically doesn't look at the pituitary gland, 
Like our mm-hmm. pituitary gland is a master gland within the whole entire yep. body. It controls <laughs> everything. And with a brain injury, the pituitary gland starts to calcify. So, you know, you go from a healthy pituitary gland to one that looks all crystally like an iceberg out, you know, in the Arctic. And so it compromises all of our hormonal secretions. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, you know, that's the first gland that I'll look yeah. at is the pituitary gland. So, Shelly, we are almost out of time, and I would love to wrap up by asking, you know, what is your words of wisdom for anyone listening who's still struggling? Um, you know, what advice do you have for them? So definitely listen to your body because your body definitely always knows best. Um, don't get frustrated with the timeline. You have to trust the process, mm-hmm. yeah. not the agenda. Because your agenda of being able to get back to what you used to do is different than your body's agenda. And especially if you're looking at holistic therapies, you have to look at, you know, don't look at how long the treatment protocol will take. Look at how long you've been sick for or suffering from the brain injury. And the treatment protocol is definitely going to outweigh how long you've been sick for and you're going to have better results because, you know, then you'll be completely healthy after. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my words of wisdom today. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to your body, that's such an important component because we tend not to, um, we just want to power right. through it. We want to get back to doing what we are doing and um, mm-hmm. your body has other plans. So absolutely, especially with a brain injury, like an ankle sprain, you know, usually typically four to eight weeks recovery time, a brain injury is not going to be four to eight weeks whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So Shelly, if anyone wants to find you, what is the best website for people to find you at? So vitalityoptimizer.com is my website. That's the best place to find me. Um, Also, if they have any questions, they can reach out and um, definitely shoot me a text or um, call. And my number is 512-934-1101. But websites, you know, is where all the information is. Perfect. And I do have that in the show notes for anybody who would like to find you. Um, They can go in the show notes and click on the link. So, Shelly, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. Thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure to meet you. And thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder, you can find Shelly's website, vitalityoptimizer.com, in the show notes. Another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can get your free consultation by visiting them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And just a reminder, you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or you can go directly to facesoftbi.com to find all of the past episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And remember to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.